Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Black Brew. I'm Erin. And Terry. I'm Josh. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a battlefield. Oh, my God. Okay, yes, that's uh, Josh and Terry, and we're your co-hosts. So today we have some interesting topics for you. Like I said, we're going to be doing an hour podcast from now on instead of 30 minutes. So you'll get three topics, 20 minutes each. Be sure to look at our Instagram, follow us, and give us a rating review on whatever when you're listening on. Our first topic we're going to talk about is going to be what's been on TikTok trending and pissing off a lot of Black people, which is the current discourse around the new Netflix movie Dahmer, which is another fucking movie about Jeffrey Dahmer starring Evan Peter and Nisi Nash. Later, we're going to talk about racism in America because a lot has happened, unironically, uh, with the L.A. Uh, Council and also our good old fucking Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville. And then later, we'll get into a really fun topic about kinks and fetishes. But first, Josh Terry... Yes, Mama. <laughs> Let's get to some political tea. Yes. All right. So let's start with the LA City Council. Um, I'm going to play the clip for our listeners so they can kind of hear what this lady said. It's like the honest thing, it's like black and brown on the slope, and then there's this, this white guy with a little black kid who misbehaves. They say, Nino has no, he's, they're not doing that, yeah, no, they're not doing. The kid's bouncing off the effing wall on the floor, practically tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. They're leaving him like a little white kid, which I was like, this kid is a beat down. Like, let me, let me take him around the corner and then I'll bring him back. Okay. And then later, um, she also called him a Spanish word for a uh, animal. A monkey. For a monkey, yeah. Yeah. So that happened in LA. So what were your reactions to the LA City Council? Appalled, but not surprised. Appalled, but not surprised. <laughs> I just I just think, how do you, like, I'm happy that it was caught on mic, though, because instances like this, like, people would be like, oh, I want to hear. It's like, you can't twist those words. It was nasty. And talking about giving the kid a beat down. Mm-hmm. Like, no. I think it really opened it- up. Um, a really big conversation that people have been kind of having for a really long time, but is probably not a main as mainstream of a conversation, which is about the like anti-blackness that is in a lot of Latinx communities. I was about to say the same thing, because um, like we hear about it, but we've never seen it on a main stage dealing with politics before, and it's interesting to see that even the uh, isn't the council like dominated by H- Hispanic Americans? Yep. It's like, even in a space where there are non-white people, we still have to watch out for policy and individual beliefs that are just rooted in pure racism. I was, uh, I went to a, um, I guess like a guest lecture last week, and it was this uh, woman who was giving a presentation on, she just does research on like Afro- black indigenous studies and like latinx studies and of course someone had to ask her the questions like because she is originally from la and she does a lot of research about afro indigenous people living in la and uh afro latina stuff in la and so she was talking about how la is well it's like a really 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 diverse area it is extremely segregated and she said she actually was not that surprised at all that this had happened obviously one because she's from la so she kind of knew the kind of like racial politics there but also just in general knowing about the kind of racism anti-blackness colorism that comes out of that specific community mm-hmm. yeah and like a lot of people i think some people were like very shocked online when they're like oh how could this happen and i think sometimes people forget like it doesn't matter like where you are there's always going to be hateful people somewhere so i think the notion like some people online were like well we shouldn't call for these people to resign or lose their jobs like we should have leniency and understanding and i'm just like 
if we're going to call people out for some things, be consistent. And clearly, like, I feel like if the recording hadn't come out, we would have never known, nope. like, these views. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's that's the thing that gets me. Like, I can deal with people who are, like, if you're hateful and stuff and you're upfront with it, then I'm like, okay, I got your number. I know how to keep, like, keep an eye on you. But it's the and people you know that are supposed to be working for you making mm -hmm. these comments and so casual and that's what lets me know that, like this is not the first time you've said statements like this because they already feel so safe and secure in that space yeah oh my god um, i do want to point out that it's very problematic i think the article also states that soon after this conversation they began talking about political plans for the city that would actively impede black people yeah and they wanted to like benefit their own communities and this is where i tell people like Yes, you want representatives, like everybody's entitled to have representatives that look and represent your community, but I do think there's a duty that no matter your background, you should care about all constituents. If you're biased to just one mm -hmm. set of your constituents, then you shouldn't be in office. Like, you shouldn't be running for office. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I think that's kind of frustrating. Either, like, have a total neutral view of your constituents or, <clears throat> sorry, I'll if your biases are there, be upfront with them. But it's like you, these people have been serving terms for a minute. So how many times, how was, I think there used to be a look into how was funding distributed. Mm -hmm. Like were there, were there unfair advantages given? Like accountability does matter for and things like that. And when it comes to minority groups, if, if we try to turn on each other, all we're doing is feeding the beast that's attacking us more. Because what you might be thinking is helping your, in a individual community um, will actually just become ammunition for the white in power to just reuse whatever thing you just did to turn against you and, and regain power over the structure. And so like the best option is the option that is good for all of us, not just a select few. I agree. Before what we, were you going to say, Aaron? I was going to say, y'all, I, I made a mistake and talked about this topic. I don't know why we, we started with this topic, because in my mind, I was like, I want to make sure that the Jeffrey Dahmer topic is not the one that comes before the kinks and fetishes topic, because that just seems so tone deaf. I was like, I don't uh... even know the middle one is this topic. But for some reason, I think because I already had the tabs pulled up on my screen, I thought my in my mind, I was like, this is the first topic. I'll just switch them around and add it, because I didn't want us to go from... Jeffrey Dahmer eating people and to like, oh, what's your kings? So hey, but you know what? This might work out because now that you clarified, it'll be like, you know what? We're just going to keep it actually, as yeah, it is yeah, and it'll right. be a clean palate right. cleanser. You're right. Now I don't have to do extra work for myself. Okay, let's listen to what our senator um, had to say. Well, they're not soft on crime. They're pro-crime. They want crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. They're not owed that. All right. So this is in response <laughs> to Democrats wanting reparations. And he's saying people who want reparations, they're going to give it to people who do crime. So I guess that he's saying, I don't know. I mean, you probably can understand what he's saying. So, you know, uh, <laughs> hmm. Mm. fundamental misunderstanding about reparations is um but also very ignorant racist opinion about leaking reparations for black people to somehow <laughs> we're talking about criminals now there, and there's like a thought process people have when they talk about like reparations like they refer back to some of the rioting and looting that happened during like the protests oh and like so this is what they mean when they say reparations they want to be able to do all these crimes for free and i'm like Anybody with logical sense would know that's not what was meant. And that's why I'm like, his Tommy Tuberville statements are more inflammatory there to me because I'm like, that's not what people mean when they say reparations, at least people with common sense. Nobody's saying I deserve to be above the law. And I think they're trying to link that and try to like incite people to be angry about that so that the conversation gets swallowed out by outrage instead of looking at exactly what the people meant. And let's not forget that we are, I mean, this ideology has always existed, but like it being just out loud on the table again of um, giving an innate criminality to blackness on a political stage in a, a, in a political environment. It's just so problematic. Like people truly do believe 
that our dark skin asses are the ones committing most of the crimes and that we're just criminal and that we just innately want to continue to be criminal and evil. Yeah. And I want to know what this. And then the fact that he's just allowing not only this to be her, but giving people inspiration to talk even more like this. Lord. And it's kind of frustrating because I also know, like, when they talk about, like, the sentence of criminal comment thing of criminals, it's like, so are you saying that the people who fought to get out of slavery were criminals? Or, uh, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the part that, like, that's the part that made my, like, stomach turn. <laughs> I was like, so, so are you saying, like, this goes back all the way? Like, are you upset about that? Are you upset because you were on the wrong side and continue to be? I, I feel like you think- if we talk about reparations in like the actual sense that about what it is, I still feel like people are so anti reparations because I was watching, um, I don't watch the TV show Atlanta, but I was why I do watch Tiffany Cross on MSNBC, and she had two people on who were talking about the TV show Atlanta because they had showed an episode about reparations, and it was from, like, the white gays, and so, not white gays, but white gays, and it was... <laughs> Z. Z. And so, they were talking, the, the episode was pretty much about, it's, it starts with, like, this girl, this black girl, her name is, like, Shaniqua, and she like, walks up to this, like, white guy's house, and she, like, has him on, like, video camera, she's, like, live streaming, whatever, and she's, like, blah, 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 your ancestors own my ancestors, and, you know, 200-something years ago, you owe me money, and so, and then, like, the episode progresses that, like, there's, like, this whole movement of, like, black people in America, they're, like, looking up people's ancestry, they're going up to the people who, like, their family, their ancestors own their other ancestors, and saying, like, you owe me money, you owe me money, and, like, there's, like, this whole, like, black bill thing that's supposed to be, like, including, like, your, like, your other, like, utilities that white people having to, like, literally pay out of pocket. And so this misunderstanding that reparations is this, and, and this is people also misunderstand racism as this way as well, about racism and also reparations being an individualistic kind of thing in society. And so even when we talk about reparations and like the not the sense that tommy tuberville is talking about but people still are not on board with it because i feel like they still don't understand what it actually is and they they seriously think that they are going to like have less money and that we're just going to give cash to a bunch of black people which would still be nice but it would be quite nice. like, yo okay a lot of this move has me looking at my bank account like it would be nice a few extra dollars <laughs> right just a few <laughs> this is not too terrible of a cut you know i mean <laughs> we're all suffering under a racial capitalist system because capitalism is the one that also helped create the racial wealth gap in america it only makes sense for reparations to be the most equitable thing to do for black people so this is why I say I hate capitalism. Gave reparations for the Holocaust. Like, geez. What's wrong with giving indigenous and black people reparations that were overdue? Like, oh, sorry, we just waited too long. You can't get it because a couple hundred years passed. Like, nah, bitch. You do that on purpose. Put that shit back on the table. <laughs> what were we about to say, Terry? <laughs> I was say, I have a weird outlook on reparations where it's like, I can... Un- and this is like a personal opinion. Like, I feel like reparations should have been especially given to like our grandparents and our parents before us. Like the last generation that had to do with like the hardcore in like involvement with like the civil rights movement and stuff, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I've come to accept like over the years, I'm like, yeah, there's not personally, I don't want anything. I'm like, I don't trust the money that would be given from our government. I'm so sorry. I just don't. I feel like it'll come with strings attached. And I don't trust it. But I'm also like, it is kind of infuriating because when you think about it, it's like, okay, you can give all these other groups something. And I'm not saying I want it for myself, but I would have loved to see it for like my grandparents and the generation who were in the throes of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's see the that. sad part is that like they've died off now and like they were happy just to have change. And I think that's where my like whole like, I feel like, I'm not entitled to anything when, like, the people who were in it are like, oh, I'm happy we got some form of change. But I kind of wish there had been some acknowledgement for the people who were in the throes of it, the people who, like, died trying to get to some of the stuff we have now. 
I just want the social change, damn it. Like, get us out of poverty collectively, and I'd be kind of happy with that. Like, damn it. Y'all, we about to be all poor. We're all about to be poor for life. I mean, they say that, like, it will still take so many X amount of years for the average uh, black person to catch up with, like, the wealth of the average white person. And this is goes across whatever kind of, like, educational background that they have because there is just a disparity and so i feel like i feel like one way to and i feel like there's so many different ways you could enact reparations the first one i would say would definitely be student loan debt cancellation because we know that like one of the most educated demographics in our country happens to be black women and they also have to have they often have the most fucking student loan debt that's just one way to fucking enact reparations and then to make college tuition free it's another way to do that and obviously if we know that black women are dying at like x amount of uh maternal fatality rates then maybe we need to re reevaluate our healthcare system and also make that free as well and if we just made everything if we just get if we just you know, went towards more socialist policies in America, we would have such a better country. If we actually took care of each other, other than saying, survive, do your best. Also, we rigged the whole fucking game, so good luck. (laughs) And literally, like, ensuring the environment of the Black community is also ensuring the environment of every other community here. Everything you have to say all other groups will benefit from. Yes. And no one's opposed to that. And I'm like, that it just makes more sense. Um sorry. I, I like capitalism a little bit. Like I always say I agree to sugar on that one, but I think ideally if I knew at the heart that everybody would do it like do what they're supposed to do, I think then I can like support the idea of that. But unfortunately like I feel like we've been conditioned and this generation might be the one to stop it. Who knows? Because like we're not taking any shit anymore. What, do you, like, mean, what do you mean okay. by do what they're supposed to do? Like folks if, aren't doing that now in the capitalist society, and they're thriving from it. I feel like if everybody worked and like do what they're supposed to do, uh-huh. and like, <laughs> yeah, back to this work. <laughs> yes, you have to work. No, yes, I'm so sorry. Like Kim Kardashian said, no one wants to work these ah, days. Ah, don't quote her. Don't quote her. Look. It doesn't, especially if you want something long-term. I have the best advice for women in business. Get your fucking ass up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. You That's have to, so true. You have to surround yeah. yourself with people that want to work. Have a good work environment where everyone loves what they do because you have one life. No toxic work environments and show up and do the work. Play, I, I think we should all contribute. But I think we need to totally radicalize the idea of work and how well, we do it. Well, and work I, doesn't mean like you have to work a normal nine to five. I think we've agreed on that before. Like work doesn't have to mean like you have to go to a nine to five job and like work yourself to death. But if everybody contributed something like and actually benefited their community, like the way like ideally we were supposed to, then I can see I just, like, the notion of like that. But I just feel like we've become such a world where it's like, me 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 if i i was if i'm suffering everybody has to suffer there's no like, that's ca- I'm, i blame capitalism for that that's feel, literally directly caused by capitalist or capitalist ideals but when you look at generations before us they had a harder work ethic with less i feel like we've just gotten lazier with our generation it's it's not that they had harder work ethic had better work ethic because they fell for it that's the whole trap like this whole, like, you think right. of the 1950s ideal time, it was a trap. No one was happy. Most at-home women wanted to kill themselves. Most working men oh wanted God. to kill themselves. They abused their children, hence XY, why we got the boomers. Like, if you look at there was no ideal time. There was just select groups of people who got at a mass amount of wealth. But the quality of living was not good. So well, and this is also is- the same group of people who were willing to lick radium to make an extra buck. And so like, but what I'm saying is like, we have a generation now where like nobody wants to work. Everybody wants a handout. It's like, 
we are becoming I, the welfare generation. But that's, but that's I don't, not what's I think people, what's happening is. I don't think they want a handout. I think people, and I, I, this is like slightly tangential to what Josh was talking about, about people just like, quote, falling for. I don't think people want a handout now. I think people just realize like, hmm, you know what? I don't think that I should have to like slave over a job. That's a interesting choice of words, but I don't think I have to like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to like literally like suffer a toxic work environment. I shouldn't have to work 40 plus hours a week. I should not be paid a quote minimum wage where I can't even be afford to like pay and live for pay like my necessities and also be able to enjoy the luxuries of life. I feel like people are just like, I don't think well, that what luxuries of life are really needed. And they don't want so, to go that system. So this, my point, my point in all this is because this is this is all just a circular issue. When the reality here is, why does it matter? Why does it matter if a minority group might misuse a good thing that's given to them when the majority will certainly, do, will certainly do what they're supposed to, when the majority of the nation will be in good health, good quality of living, like uh, uh, the good outweighs the more the ethic ethical bad that some individual will do. Like no matter no matter what in the room no matter, for more. No matter what system we find ourselves in, there will be people who exploit it because the what the people you're so worried about that those same group of people are manipulating the system now. Except for the way they're manipulating it is they're hoarding the wealth. And they're making the rest of us overwork to try to even remotely get to a livable situation. You know, so either way, you're going to have corruption. I just would rather, I just would rather be flat out corruption by the working class where a couple of people are like, you know what, I'll live bare minimum. You know what, George, you go live bare minimum. This, that is your choice. This is why they, they have that same attitude about reparations that they have towards social services because they view reparations as a handout and not correcting a like just like a tragedy in our country so i I think if people have more financial out. literacy and ethic to like want to i uh, i'm sorry i don't want i i don't care about like i know people will abuse it in the circumstance but if your abuse comes out of my pockets even more than what we're already losing under the system that we're familiar with that's not my job to take care of. I don't think I'm coming out of your pocket. But though. but you're not taking. But you're so focused. You're so focused on this small group of people. But it's not small. We look at numbers. Yeah, even like I, working it, it social is, services, it's, it's going it, to be statistically smaller than the majority. But I'm saying but you, it's like with black people that, specifically, there is like, an issue that we. One at a time, y'all. One at a time. Round one. Fight. Sorry, we have a culture, so unfortunately, where people kind of, like, abuse the system, and then, like, the people who will do right, unfortunately, they get outvoiced by the people who are like, okay, I wasted whatever was given to me, I'm entitled to more. It's like, give those people who are more likely to abuse it or not take care of it, if it came with the stipulation of learning financial literacy or learning how to manage yourself to get out of the rut you're in, I could be okay with it. But we don't even have the resources to provide that now. And people because again, we live in a competitive culture where that resource is not going to be readily given and because it saying, wouldn't be beneficial. It. And that's what I'm saying. Like if you re- I feel like with our market we have now, if you cannot manage yourself where you're at, relocate to somewhere that's going to have the resources you need and has free like opportunities to give you more. But if, we're all, but if we're all going to like sit here and be like, oh, a small percentage are going to like abuse it that's fine but uh, but it's the handout not the handout but it's like the mouth that will never close can i address the financial literacy because i i um am i study research and teach literacy and financial literacy is like a subsection of just like literacy in general and we have propagated this myth in america not just about financial literacy but just about literacy in general that the more literate you are in America, the better you have a chance for upward mobility and like having a better socioeconomic life. It will give you some kind of like social mobility in life. And this myth of financial literacy, I don't know who decided to create this, probably capitalists, but this idea that if you become financially literate, then you will be able, able to have upward mobility in our uh, economic system 
is a myth because no matter no amount of financial literacy that you gain, no matter how literate you become and quote finances will not stop the oppressive system that is capitalism. And it's a myth that they tell people who are poor or who can't budget correctly as if that is the issue why people don't have money when the actual issue is that we just live in a society where people live in poverty someone has to be poor yes that capitalism necessitates poverty but my whole see that's why that's why i couldn't ever like agree to like what you're saying terry is that what your argument is because of my fear of this certain group of people misusing it i rather sacrifice this significant percentage of the population to a harder quality poor quality of life to ensure that some people are justly using money, particularly my money. And we get so caught up, oh, it's my money, my money. is made up. Money is completely made up. I also think you can up. save that and when you're not like, contributing a certain amount to the economy. When you are, and you're seeing that you are having to pay out of pocket for people who are mismanaging, and I'm so sorry, I do feel like financial literacy, I agree with you, Aaron, and that's necessarily ensure upper mobility, but at some point you have to, like, grow the fuck up but and take care of yourself like nobody owes capitalism. you care and yes but, but that's no. the system that most of us have we gotta move on soon y'all we gotta move and on soon round two fight that's on them i'm so sorry you are not entitled to just a better life because you feel like you're owed it yes we all have opportunities but you wait, gotta I, grow I, up wait y'all we, okay we, whoa, 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 whoa. final round fight okay so i wait Okay, I'm just going to say this because this is what's confusing. You just got to grow up. This is that. That's such problematic thinking. Like, the world doesn't owe you blah, blah, blah. We're not talking about But we're not talking. There's nothing in nature that states that humans, there's nothing in nature, there's nothing in this universe that says humans can't create a world where we all deserve high quality life and are given it. There's nothing. Saying, I think there's it's, nothing I that's think it's childish to assume that we're going to see it in our lifetime and living with a chip on your shoulder that you no one, no one is saying that it'll be fully realized in this lifetime. But if we just keep doing nothing about it, then it will never happen. It that is that is when a plenty of people are of doing. All right, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. We have to move on. Next topic, everyone. Oh, yeah, we will have to talk about capitalism another day. So our next topic is going to be about. Jeffrey Dahmer, specifically the Netflix movie. I don't know if y'all have seen the movie yet, or the I guess it has episodes, so maybe TV show. I don't know what you mini series. TV show, yeah. Um, I watched the first episode, and then I started the second episode, and when I saw the first ten minutes, I said I'm going to stop watching this because I was like, this is dumb as hell. So, how do y'all feel about the show, and also how do y'all feel about people's reactions on TikTok? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I will be more than happy to explain <laughs> that. It's a little. I'm confused why it was a show who asked for it. Not the family. And, and and that's the part that bothers me is I feel like why aren't the families informed? But also I don't like the TikTok challenges where people are like, oh, I could like I can stomach the gruesome murders of people. It's so disgusting. Okay, so for the listeners who don't know what what we're talking about, on TikTok there are there are a variety of trends that are happening right now. One trend, the most recent trend, is the Polaroid camera trend, where people see how long they can last looking at the Polaroid, actual, actual real Polaroid photos of the people that this man actually killed. Um, and then they have, like, they post their reactions to it. The second one is people being, like, showing pictures of, like, Jeffrey Dahmer played by Evan Peters. And it's like, oh, my God, he's so hot. I love Evan Peters. You know, but actually, I might actually be killed myself because <laughs> look at him. And then there's this bitch on TikTok and, like, Terry has said people who are like it wasn't gory enough for me i wanted more gore so that's the, that's what's been happening on tiktok so um p- complete disregard for the victims and the victims they said they did they were not contacted first by ryan murphy about any of this and they said that they actually did not approve of any of this and then the marketing lied to us and i know i have not seen the rest of it but i'm taking other people's accounts for it is that they said this was going to be a victim-centered miniseries it was not a victim literally not victim-centered at all and now another trend i forgot to mention is that people is the hashtag i feel sympathy for him uh because they show like his like childhood and how he was abused as a child and how they feel sorry for him that his abusive childhood led him to become a cannibal and a killer 
I'm gonna stop talking now since I talked a lot about him, but y'all can go on how you feel about the <laughs> I I will say I watched I did watch it all the way through just to see what the hell was going on. I couldn't and then honestly the only time it became centered around the uh, victims was towards the end. Um now is it it is important as society for us to uh, it gives context i don't think these two lessons should be occurring at the same time which is highlighting the experience of victims and the humanness of um serial killers it is important for us to see that serial killers are humans and that through human systems and experiences in human biology these horrific things are born. It's not just something that is welled up out of hell and Satan throws his person out there. Like, no, it's a series of choices and decisions and experiences a person as from people older than them and influential around them that creates the person that they become. You know, I, I think it was great to show that because literally, I mean, one that we're raising, caring for, engaging with could literally become a serial killer if we're not like, working hard enough to ensure um, they that if they have red flags that they're getting taken care of or that they're having their needs met. It's just, it was just, it's just distasteful to try to start the series off with such a heavy focus on him and that humanness. And then at the end, focus on the victims when it should, if, if they even wanted to do these two things at the same time, they should have started with the victims and then worked their way to it. But I also just think it should have been two separate do- like series or two separate projects where it's like, let's tackle the humanness of a serial killer. How different are they really from us? And then let's tackle what is it like to be impacted by choices that are this big and decisions this cruel and like, how does this impact the community? How does it impact families? How does it impact victims? How does it impact et cetera, et cetera? But it, it felt like a hot mess the whole way through. It really just kind of felt like it was there for entertainment and not informing. Which is interesting because they classified as true crime. And yeah. I felt it was anything but true crime. But also mm-hmm. just like the true crime community like discourse right now with people it's just it it is completely just like insane that people legitimately think that true crime is a form of entertainment and i feel like everything that i saw in it was like yes i do believe that we need to we need to know the history of this because like this was a community that was already marginalized because of their skin color and because of their sexual orientations and gender identities so like these black and brown, like we're on this podcast, we're all black, brown, and queer. And I feel like, you know, that's something important for us to acknowledge in history that like this happened to this specific community. But the fact that it was focused so much on like him and that the people who watched this just like were m- mostly white people who watched this and their response to this was that I need more gore. I love, I think that Evan Peters as Jeffrey Dahmer is sexy. And like, I'm just like the cognitive dissonance. (laughs) Cognitive dissonance. It's just astounding that people, that is their response to this. Because my response to that was not, I need more gore. Or I think Evan Peters is hot as Jeffrey Dahmer. That wasn't my response. He was not hot as Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm so sorry. I'm going to say this right now. But also, I felt bad because Ryan Murphy hyped it up on social media. Like, it was going to be this in-depth expose type thing about the Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. And like Josh said, I agree. I feel like it should have been separated. Like, uh, if mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the victims, talk about the freaking victims. Because it was traumatizing to watch. I don't, like, maybe, maybe it's because, like, the impact is seen, like, for these families, like you're, we're actually able mm-hmm. to hear from the families. Yeah, but I just didn't get how people were able to stomach it. Like I was in my apartment watching it by myself, and I was unsettled. Yeah, it was very disturbing. Yeah, I and feel like. like... Oh, go I'm ahead, sorry. sorry. No, go ahead. And like, on the other hand, it's like I don't. I guess this is like a growth thing because like when I was in like middle school, high school, like the whole like ooh serial killer, you want to learn in depth, and I feel like the new true crime like 
podcasting genre and everything has led way to people feeling like let's bring a resurgence and let's glorify and look at the in-depth of like these killers but they have to be careful with how they're portraying it because you're presenting them to a generation that is like two generations removed almost from the effects of what happened from this killer mm-hmm. and if this is your first time sharing it you do have a duty to be careful and ryan murphy um I'm sorry, Look, even looking at his other shows like American Horror Story and stuff, he's kind of sloppy in his ethic is how he approached these things. Yeah, I, I agree. It, I, I feel like the only thing that I might disagree with both of y'all about is that about it being two separate films because I'm of the opinion that I don't think we need, like we could have had just a Jeffrey Dahmer victims uh, and survivors documentary, but I don't think we need another Jeffrey Dahmer miniseries movie at all already. We already have way too fucking many. I don't think we need any more. You want to know about him? Go watch the other 19 that we already have. That's, I feel- that's a fair, that's a fair. I point. mean, valid. I, Cause uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that we needed it either. I was my friend. Like, why Dahmer did we was- even have it? And people tried to, I think people were trying to play, like somebody pointed out, they said they have this thing where we present these heinous people who did things like these crimes or we're like, let's make them human. And I'm like, yeah. and I feel like, and I do, I am appreciative of the talk about mental health and like um, some of the stuff his mom went through and everything else. Like, I do think I'm happy to see the society doesn't take mental health as too taboo as much anymore in certain areas. But this is where I say, we have to be careful how much we glorify, like, the idea that this is the sole thing yeah. that, like, matters. Like, oh, the mental health erases anything you do wrong. Mm-hmm. I it really should... am tired of seeing that. Like, mental health, I'm sorry. I feel bad of what he experienced. I'm sorry for his mental health. But you did take people's lives. You did, imp- like, mm-hmm. irreparable damage. You are accountable for the things you do with your mental health and i think that's the point that was missing was accountability and not just from jeffrey dahmer himself but accountability to people that made him into the monster that he became so if we're going to dive into that humanist like it sounds insensitive because the the family he came from was victims in a sense to that they're now tethered to this experience but at the same time i'm like it kind of is y'all's fault like if we're going to make a hard hit series that's really going to matter and actually impact society in the way that we just allow so many serial killers to be born in America in the first place, it needs to be holding, okay, th- we're going to talk about the social accountability of what creates these kinds of people. Because there's clear there's clear evidence that it's cultural that happens, but the amount of serial killers that happens in a culture is definitely dictated by the values and the way the culture operates. Hence mm-hmm. why America has the has had the most serial killers and I think I believe in most developed countries and so it's like where is our social accountability we're going to humanize them best believe it's going to require us slapping ourselves some because we all help in building people like this and then they have to hold accountability to him because at the end he was aware that something was wrong and the older he got as an adult like there were several moments where he could have just turned himself in and he just chose not to. So there is accountability on all sides. And that should be what's emphasized accountability to uphold, ensure best mental health, to ensure healthy community connections, to be vigilant when things do not look right, to listen to your neighbors when they don't feel safe, when you don't feel safe, that, that is what should be emphasized. Not that, he couldn't help. We shouldn't be over. Oh, baby, him. Oh, he couldn't help this. Blah blah blah. Terrible mother. Terrible father. And it's like, no, we're we're going to give him accountability in this too. And then but, there's, there's the aspect of like Jeffrey Dahmer versus how we treat other criminals of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and like I don't like I. There's certain areas where I'm like, no, this is definitely a thing, and I'm like, this is one where I think universally, at least we all three could agree on. The way white criminals are treated versus people of color and treated as criminals are very different to me. Like the inf- infidelization, I don't know if I'm saying that word correctly, of certain killers bothers me. Yeah, I agree. It's like, oh, if he's white, oh, he he just wasn't mentally healthy. But we're not going to give that leniency to a black murderer 
dude came from an even worse background circumstance and yeah, through we don't, even have to jump, we don't even have to jump to murderer. We can literally just say a, a shoplifter who just shoplift gets killed, whereas people who go into a school and shoot an entire school worth of people it's mm -hmm. handheld walk to the police car. And if you need another reason for the listeners of the list, another reason to add to your list of reasons why Aaron say that you should be in an abolitionist instead of we need to abolish all the police is that the fucking police in this fucking situation got numerous calls, numerous complaints about this, and then when they literally helped bring a man back to Jeffrey Dahmer for him to get killed, they were put on leave, but then they were reinstated as police officers. Not just a man, a child. Pay. They received back pay, and the one, one of them literally just retired in 2017. So if you another reason why the police ain't shit and that we need to abolish the police, there's another reason right there for you. Add it on your list of the reasons mm -hmm. that Aaron has said day one of Black Brew. <laughs> you know what? Okay, Aaron, I know we moved past this topic, but I will concede the one thing that I always wonder why people never brought up. Whenever we have cases like this where cops have done harm and not fall through on their job, why have people not argued that instead of getting their back pay, their back pay should go to the families of the victims? That's a good question. I've always wondered that. Like, that's one thing where I'm like, your one job was to serve and protect. You failed at your job. Your back pay is now going to go to to cover the aid of the people who needed to be served and protected. I would argue that the reason why, my reason why would be, as an abolitionist, would be like, the function of the police while they say it's to serve and to protect communities their purpose is to serve and protect property and whiteness and by relegating that money towards the communities the victims that would not be in service of protecting property and whiteness okay so last topic which is and like i said before in the beginning y'all it wasn't I, intentional i wasn't trying to go from jeffrey dahmer to kinks but that's just the way that it happened. It was a mistake. But anyway, Kings. And we're going to quickly shame anyone here who wants to make that connection that's listening. Don't be a sick bastard. Serious right. killers are awful. We should address, we can talk about our kinks and our fetishes. I have many. Oh, uh, same. Blessed. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So, what's, what, what, what are y'all's kinks? Um, I'm going to let y'all start. <laughs> Okay, okay. Listen, okay. If someone were to ask me like what my kink is, my first okay. So um I have a breeding kink. Um Same. I'm gonna tell y'all right now it ain't worth it. Oh, no, no, no. Let, me, let me explain the extent of my breeding kink. <laughs> my breeding kink is that I like the idea of being bred, but I don't want to do it because I don't want to put myself in a high risk situation. Um I also say I have a piss kink. But the extent of my piss kink is that I'm interested in the idea of, like, <laughs> water sports. But I don't know if I actually want to do it. Um, I also, what other kinks do I have? I have a, um, uh, I obviously have a daddy kink, but I don't even know if that's even considered kink anymore. If that's just, like, you know, everyone. Everybody. Has Everybody has it now, yeah. Yeah, so, um, oh, I have an armpit kink. Um, what is that? I'm really into armpits. I don't know how this developed, but now a man with a nice armpit, I'm just like, mm, I'm gonna stick my face in there and just like. Is this connected to daddy issues? Uh, blah, 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 blah. That's like. <laughs> Wait, the sound effects. Wait. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I've said a few of mine. I will go into my fetishes later. But what are y'all's uh, kinks? CNC. Mm. What? <laughs> CNC. Ooh, um, consensual, non-consensual, and I think that stems from like reclaiming my power from certain situations. But um, uh. that's that's like the number one for me. Like, and then degradation. Oh yes, that's yeah. I forgot about that too. I like that too. I I like to be choked and slapped and all that in between and degraded. It's fun because I feel like in my life I have to be so in control of everything, and like it's nice to listen my take the reins for a minute. I agree. That's how I feel as well. I feel like in, I'm such a busy person. I do so much shit and I'm in charge of so much shit in my life that it feels nice to be like you filthy slut and this is like I don't like a lot of impact play. Like I'm very light impact play. Like I know some friends who are like, no, nah, I like to be punched in the face. I'm like, no, nah, I don't like all that. I tried hard impact and I swung back so I know I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say it was a replay. It Just was a replay. Yeet. It was yeet right back. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Um, 
I don't think I have anything that's too wild. Like, like you said, I don't know if you could really consider Daddy Kink a kink anymore. Um, um, choking, don't know if we can really consider that a kink anymore because everyone likes it. Uh, well, okay. But I do, but I do, I like, I like a little power play. Like, I, I like the, the feeling of being out of control and just like around and just used. But I don't like degradation. Now, I discovered between me and Patrick, no offense, Patrick, I'm marrying out our laundry. Like, I don't know where the, it started as a joke and now it's become something serious and I don't know how to feel about it. But it came out of a joke because he's interested. It ain't in race play, play, is it? No, no, ma'am. <laughs> I, you know my feelings about that. Um, punching again in the face. <laughs> it's like, so he has like, interested in pub kink. Which I think is adorable. No, like I would it? definitely be what? kink. Like oh okay, yeah. Like I definitely like the idea of being like a pup handler. I think that's cute. Like in a non-sexual way, it'd be gratifying. Um, but it, he, we started. I started saying "good boy" to him, Mm-mm. but then he started saying it to me, uh-uh. and then it, it would start happening in sexual situations, and. Now it kind of turns me on. Uh-uh. I feel that because I am very much a mommy daddy. So uh-uh. I can't do so the And it might have been problematic if I, if it was just him saying it to me, but that, since it's me to him also, it kind of makes me feel better about it. I guess that's one way to look at it. Okay, I would. Okay, so about the choking, y'all. So I ain't gonna say her name on here because I think she listens. Well, I know she listens to the podcast, but. I was talking to someone about like choking and I, mm-hmm. I I was showing them a TikTok of this guy and he was like he had um he said who else likes it when like you're like kissing and making out with like your man and like he like pinch you against the wall and like puts his wraps his hand around like your throat and I was like oh yeah that that's that's nice and then she told me she was like um no she doesn't like that and I was like well why not and she was like well I'm a woman and since I'm always considering the fact that men will kill me, I don't like that kind of, like, activity. Oh, I like being choked. Yeah, I could understand I like that seeing the black like, spots in my eyes. I mean, I probably wouldn't want a strange, like, a pure, if I was, like, in her position, I probably wouldn't want a pure stranger do it, because that would be scary. Like, you have to work is this real? To it's like, is this real, or is this for fun? <laughs> but, like, with Patrick, for example, I know he ain't gonna kill me. And if he does, it's fine because he's gonna fuck me well before I get there. Josh, I'm the same boat. Josh, Josh, I see you because I literally told um, my Jacob, I'm like, dude, I'm already mental health ready to go. So, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! Are y'all into role playing? Yes. Nah. What mental work? No, I okay. So my role play like fantasies have to do with either like um doctors. Don't uh, you say plumbing? What? I was like, don't you dare say plumbing. Plumbing. Oh, the plumber came over. <laughs> oh no! It's no. I think okay. So here's my thing. Oh, I'm exposing myself. So like, I like I like a good like okay. The situation just like being like touched all over and examined like uh was gonna sound kind of, this is not racialized for anyone listening <laughs> but being like looked at as like a specimen and like being like felt oh <laughs> i love i love the feeling of like latex gloves on my skin and i'm just like mm. and then someone like checking writing on a clipboard and then like asking me questions like a physical i'm like oh mm, i don't know sorry what for is. your doctor but no, I don't. First of all, most of my doctors are women, so um, there's that. Actually, all of my doctors are women, so I have not seen a male doctor in well. That last time I saw that male doctor who harassed me is the last time I saw a male. Is that doctor. where this started? No, j- get, <laughs> shut up. Josh is asking <laughs> investigative like questions. <laughs> Do y'all have any like? Um, I took this new BDSM test, not the one that we've all taken before, but there's this new one that actually goes. It asks you questions about like your childhood trauma as well. But anyway, um, I realized I have a lot of also like bodily fluids kink. Do y'all have any bodily fluid kinks? The closest I got to was like there was this regular person I was having sex with and I guess some gay men call it our version of squirting I'm like no you're making me piss because you're hitting my prostate too hard but like he was just obsessed 
with that because it could happen to me really easily if you overstimulated my prostate. And he just wanted to see it happen. Like, that was that was the end goal. Not even, like, him necessarily orgasming. And, I mean, it was kind of hot in the midst of it. Um, just because, like, I, that I really was losing control. But also, at the same time, I'm like, if you peed on me, I would kill you. Gosh. I feel <laughs> safe. I feel so tame because I'm like, oh, spit in my mouth. Okay. No, 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 no. I, okay, I love spit. I love spit, too. But also, Josh, recently... Okay, so recently I have been watching a lot of porn. I watch okay, so the kind of porn I watch on Twitter um is like a bunch of like edging porn. And I like people who are like up and like, you know, Japanese rope art shibari. And then like they have like a blindfold and they're like being edged for like three, four, five hours. And then like Jesus. they have like fucking 14 like orgasms and like they like come like five times and then they also like pee like ten times. And I'm like, I don't know what it is, but like I'm kind of into this like orgasm that's like come and pee but i also like to spit too <laughs> I, also like to I, like, I have some darker ones i do not feel comfortable ever sharing on the internet but um <laughs> oh i know I was, I was like especially because i know i would get in trouble but i used to run like two really well i still run one really popular like tumblr kink page oh um, i've oh, okay. yeah and like i will say I have some darker ones, but my favorite one that I think I discovered like when I was in college is I like being a dominatrix because I am very much a sub. I'm very much like a like cute like subspace girly every day. Very cute. It's the dynamic agreement I had before I got married. But um, I will say I am a great dom. I've been told, and it's nice like to be like in that state of like it makes me feel like more confident and like power. But I also something about seeing a man like teary eyed whimpering on their knees. Oh, top ten moments. Top ten moments. All right, y'all. See, that's I how I feel when I when a top lets me eat and play with his ass before Ooh! he like this fucks me. Because like to see them in that submissive position, knowing good well I'm going to uh, give them permission to do it to me while remembering who's the boss here. That's kind of hot. Okay, I've, that's about as far as I can go with it. I want to ask y'all, what are some kinks that kinks or fetishes that you just absolutely like cannot get behind that you actually hate that disgust you or weird to you? Um, certain bodily um things releases I cannot get behind. Excuse the hell out of me, huh? <laughs> that's excuse the hell out of me. No, 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 yours are safe. I'm talking about the other ones I don't like. Like You're my blood hitting on people. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one, that one will directly like. I'm, I'm calling the police. No. <laughs> no. You don't like someone to be like, Terry, can I shit on your face? No. I gotta tell you, I'm not those Dubai girls. I will beat that ass. I will beat that ass today. Like, no. How do y'all feel about age play? Um, That's... I, I no, ma'am. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a safe space. Never mind. <laughs> safe space. If you... This is if so- you're pretending someone is a child, it makes me feel uncomfortable as a teacher. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will get this one. Um, in the bedroom, no. But as an escape, like, relax, like, to digress as someone who didn't really have, like, a formal childhood, it's nice to have, like, a space where I can just relax. It doesn't come from, like, a sexual thing, if that makes sense. And see, like, I don't have a problem with someone, like, Want to pretend that they're younger, but if someone pretending to be younger turns the other person yeah, on, freaks me out. That's like I'm calling the police. That's a predator. I'm starting <laughs> to question the the psychological health of the other person, and then I'm like, this may be a healthy way to deal with pedophilic tendencies, but I still think you need to get evaluated and yep. get mental health. <laughs> That's just me. How do y'all feel about? Furries. <coughs> no, like, sorry, I, ch- I choked on my, oh. on my cigarette. <laughs> um, from a social standpoint, they're fine. <coughs> when it comes sexual, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can try and make an argument all day. Oh, they're anthropomorphic, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no. But the underlying theme here is that they look like an animal and that turns you on. And that I'm like, I'm like, in our society rules, yes, what you're doing can work, but it's not ethical. So y'all wouldn't. Because at this point, 
Now, if we were discussing like sentient, truly sentient species that actually exist, like aliens or something, I'm like, that's a gray area. Go fall in love with an alien. But um, a horse is not an alien. And a horse at this point has not had culture, conversations, talking or anything like that. But if the idea of a horse's body turns you on that much, baby, I'm not going to judge you, but you well, need to go not, and get help. I just think about the people who had a crush on, like, um, Tony the Tiger on Twitter. Every time I think of birds. What about... I just think of Pokemon and how they've ruined it. What if they're, like, it's the fact that they are anthropomorphic, that they have human qualities that they enjoy. Like, they say, I don't like the way a tiger looks, but I like the fact that this tiger looks like a human. I don't fuck like human. Furry. I don't think yeah. fuck furries. I don't understand their logic, but I'm just trying to uh, process what they may. Uh, if you want something that looks like a human, I don't know. Go fuck a human. That seems like the easier choice. Because again, the difference between what they're trying to do with that human is the fact that they're not human. Do y'all think that it's um I was having this conversation with a group of friends about the ethics of like um about uh BDSM play like in public. And I do not think that should be a public thing because people have not consented to it in public. Damn, can I finish my question? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry, I'm passionate, my bad. Immediate immediate response. So I mean I think I agree with your response. But <laughs> for the people listening, so like let's say like someone is like they have they have a dog collar on someone and they're out in the park and they're like walking their like human dog you know their person out in public um like they're um maybe they have like they they have like a food bowl that like their their sub is like eating out of the fucking bowl or some shit or like maybe like they say they're like into exhibitionism so like they you know do like some little like i don't know activities like in a grocery store like maybe they have like the little like buzzing panties and they try to not have an orgasm down the milk aisle or whatever but like any kind of like public play how do y'all feel about that exhibitionism and stuff like that i guess if a child can see it it's in the i think it's because like like first coming into like the kiki scene i was like oh okay that's like fine but like in the past few years, especially, I'm like, where are you not embarrassed? That meme, it's like, there's an extent where I'm like, it should be sexy, but we have children. You you are not risking all this to be put on a predator list. This is like, mm-hmm. there has to be a boundary. Children and people who are not in that community cannot consent to participation. And as much as exciting and hot as it can be, you got to write it in, babies. You got to write it in. Maybe you have a backyard, build a fence. Create a safe space for people yeah. with those kinks, but don't and remove other people's spaces, safe spaces away from that kink. Yeah, because if I see you do it in your kid, I'm a buck, I'm a knuck and buck. Like, no, like children and especially kids don't understand what's happening and they're at an age where they should just be focused on being a kid. Now, on the and whole the terrifying college, thought, and the, the terrifying thought is if they do understand it. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh-huh, call CPS. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well like the collar thing i get like as i have like a collar but it's not like i'm walking around with a leash like it just looks like a cute like little mm-hmm. joker like that's that like you can do it subtly you know what you i mean you need to be dog walking no people in no park I'm- yeah that you should be at home i have a collar that looks like a necklace but i'm not about to be out here in a leash first of all my husband is white he is so bad setting him up for failure second uh, of all oh, <laughs> oh, oh y'all gonna be on black twitter y'all gonna be on black twitter <laughs> Oh, oh second Patrick, of all, be that's just out. like no, no, nope, nope. Okay, no. um, before we end, um, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But recently, what was like the kinkiest thing you've done? I guess I'll start. Um, the kinkiest thing that I've done recently, um, I was vlogged for the first time. How'd you like it? What type of flogger? Is it like the shredded one or a full paddle one? (laughs) It's um, it was a. It's like it was. It's not even like an actual like quote real flogger. It's a um one that was. I mean, I guess it is. It's like a really. It's not like a expensive one. It was like I don't know if it's like real or if it's meant to be like a prop or something. But like, 
it's something that I had and it's just it would just kind of happen because like the person I was what we were talking about like kink stuff and like that and like they asked if I had ever been flogged I was like no but I think I have a flogger and I showed it to them and then like they like flogged me on my ass with it and I was like oh this feels so good <laughs> it was a vocal it's a fight for me <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you were branching out with your friends Aaron it's so my friends ain't no damn friend <laughs> you made it sound like it was a friend yeah, you you did though. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, what kinky things have you done recently, Josh? Um. So, well, this was surprising, and neither of us had planned this. But a couple months back, uh, Patrick has a friend that is a physical therapist, who at the time where he got the accreditations for whatever, you had to take massaging classes and you had to do proper massages. Ooh. And Patrick's back was kind of going out, and I was like, I might as well get a massage too. So we invited his friend over. And Patrick forgot to mention that, like, him and this friend have had a history of sexual experience, especially with his ex. Mm. And I was just going in assuming this was going to be normal. Patrick thought it was going to be normal. Or no. Patrick worded it. Patrick worded it. He's like, I was hoping this was going to be normal. <laughs> oh, wait. But did- I didn't. But I didn't have a problem with it. And what? I definitely asked Patrick. I was like, is this okay? But at first, it was just a regular massage. I was what? the first one to go. Oh my god! And, um, like I had to remove my clothes because he was doing a full body. Oh! And I was like, "This gay man has already seen my man's nakedness. My man's already seen my nakedness. It don't bother me for another man to look at me naked." Um, and he's giving me a massage and ever whatever, and things are fine. It feels very relaxing. Then I have to flip over to the front, and <gasps> it's a little awkward because I have oh, I do have a little bit of a massaging cane. I'm a dad that. Um, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of hot being touched all over and whatever. And so I, I was a little sprung. Oh, Patrick, but it was fine. Patrick's not bothered by it a bit. And Patrick, you know, goes in, gets out, go get a few drinks. We're all sitting there talking, and Patrick's playing wizard one on one over there. And suddenly, I feel a hand on my balls and penis, (gasps) and I, I look up. I was like, and I make eyes with his friend. And his friend starts jacking me off. I'm like, what? <gasps> oh my god! Uh, I, I I quickly pat Patrick's like I said, Patrick, Patrick, is this okay? Like I wasn't I wasn't going to stop him. Okay with Patrick, but if it wasn't okay with Patrick, we we're going to shut this down real quick. Oh my and god! I was like, I was like, is this okay, Patrick? He's like, yeah, it's no problem. He's like, you enjoying it? Are you fine with it? And I was like, yeah. He was like, go for it. And I'm like, okay. and so it kind of morphed into like this little three-way thing going with this guy who was very very talented with his hands because i never had another person make me do that you know orgasm before and patrick's over there making out with me you know playing with my nipples you know what i like oh my Um, god (laughs) this man slips luckily i took a shower before this slips his other hand and starts fingering me josh (laughs) And I orgasm. Yes! And then, and then it was Patrick's turn yes! to get his massage, and the whole cycle starts all over again. Yes! Oh my god! Every time you get on this damn podcast and you tell a sex story, it is the most heinous shit I have ever heard. <laughs> I'm giving you your, your claps right now. <laughs> Oh my god. That is one of my fantasies is to get a massage turn fucking hand job. Oh my god. Oh my, I'm so jealous. I'm about so it jealous of you. And Patrick's like, I did not expect that. He's like, I, there was a history of it, but he's like, I didn't expect him to like move in that direction because he didn't know you that well. And I was like, I'm fine with it as long as it didn't make you feel upset. And then we're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And so we went and get, went ate, ate Applebee's after that and decided if <laughs> ever did that again, we're completely fine with it. Oh, what, I just said a name. Delete that. What you get? Huh? Wait, what? <laughs> what you get from Applebee's? Wait, no, it wasn't Applebee's. It was a some steakhouse place in Boltondale. Oh, I like Applebee's. Sometimes. I'm over here like... The last kickiest thing I did was get anal on someone's couch in the living room. Well, I was like, okay. "Damn, Terry, how you gonna top this?" I can't. I'm like, "Oh, like 
and I was definitely stealthing like the whole time. But damn, okay, never mind. I know. <laughs> I have some other I'm things. Be on Josh's love every. This is why. This is this is why every episode we have ever recorded, and we talk about something sexual. Josh has these insane stories that let low key sound fake, but I know they're not. But it's just the fact. <laughs> that yeah, I, I can say, get Pat- I can get Patrick on here to vouch. I will say. <laughs> If I can share my life before I got married, Aaron, I think you and um our other friend know best. Mm. I could write the best memoir. I let me tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, think uh, I think you should. <laughs> I still I told my husband that and he's like, low key, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, there there is one one kinky idea I've had. So like Patrick's a verse and John, he has why need to be bleeping out these names and shit? Cause you be you saying so many names. <laughs> Yes, bleep out the names. Damn, uh, my you partner, say his name by nineteen thousand times. My pa- okay, maybe not Patrick because it's my partner, and Patrick doesn't give shit. Um, Patrick would say this to God if he could. Um, God. <laughs> you know, he's a verse, and he got a dumpy. I mean, like, <laughs> his ass should be worshipped daily. I, I, li- he literally took a shower today and surprised me because he got a sugar scrub. And he sugar scrubbed down there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That dumpy was sweet. Oh, it was oh. like a slice of melon. Oh. Um, it was great. But I, I do have this fantasy of us having a threesome. But I really want to like see someone top him because he's sexy as a top. And when he gets off, perfect. Gosh, yeah. But when he's a bottom, Gosh, mm. I, I'm looking for a threesome. Listen, I, I'm not going to involve friends. Because yeah, I realized that fun. triggers, that <laughs> triggers. I would consider it if I didn't have a history of relationships where partner was having sex with friends. You keep rejecting. Um, <laughs> One day, Aaron, when the I'm, walls are down. Anyway, I just need people to not be a stalker with me. The fact that I have subs and former like slave subs that will not leave me alone. <laughs> you rocked their fucking world. And to this day, my biggest problem in the back is like, I can honestly say, I can, there's one of them who stalks my social media consistently and sends me DMs like, just saying, so happy to see you're happy. Like, I, I won't interact, I'll keep a distance. And I'm like, sir, you know what? You buy everything I sell, you chill. Cool, cool, just stay in the background. <laughs> Okay, we have to end this podcast, but thank you everyone for listening. Um, and be sure to again check out our Instagram and give us a rating and a review. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Say bye, Josh. Oh, bye. <laughs> Yum.